Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend, Cody Frankel. And we don't know where the fuck Avery is. He's supposed to be on with There's us. There's Waldo. Yeah, hasn't answered our text today. And I guess as is tradition, it's either me and Cody or me and Avery and not all three of us. So he might hop in later on, but I don't really know. So hopefully he's okay. Yeah, I, yeah, it's really weird that he hasn't answered us all day. Like, like not once. I mean, we've we've like reached out to him like in, yeah. a, in the group chat like four times today. But how was your weekend, dude? It was great. Or I how has it. your week been? I should yeah. say since the weekends here. I was in Vegas from like Monday to Wednesday at the Player Media Tour, which was you know my first time doing so it. Sick. And it was honestly like it was it was so sick. Like I can't, I can't really like hide the. I, I I like saw the videos of you and Cross and and Hughes and I was just like this mother. I was like I <laughs> those guys, but they're that's fucking so sick. So the funniest conversation I had was with Philip Forsberg. So oh, it was cool. Phil. So like I was on the bench, like you know, as these guys were coming out, like doing their media stuff, and I would take some of them and do my skating interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. I did eleven of them. I won't say like which players I did specifically. Obviously, you saw Crosby and Hughes are a part of that, but yeah, I got a lot of cool ones done um, for my content series with Bleacher Report. But yeah. the coolest part for me was just like when the guys were in between their shoots, they'd come sit on the bench with me. So I talked to like, you know, Dylan Larkin, Quinn Hughes, Philip Forsberg, my good friend Mario Ferraro, Foxy stopped by for a bit. Like it was just cool having these like little five minute conversations with these guys. But Philip Forsberg is like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And also like Crosby is genuinely so nice. And really? I, I know that we hate the Penguins, like, you know, probably the most out of like every team in the NHL as like Ranger fans, but I was so surprised at how kind he was. Like he was literally treating me as if I was like, you know, one of his boys, which was super cool. And, and, you know, I had him for probably like, you know, five to eight minutes and we had some good laughs and, and I was just like really blown away at like this guy being like, you know, the biggest star in the NHL, obviously for the last decade plus and how nice and genuine he was. Dude, that's, that's awesome. So were you starstruck at all at any point? Definitely was most nervous to talk to Sid. And then, you know, I, I spoke to McDavid and Bedard and those ones I weren't like starstruck. I, I met Bedard before, but those ones I knew that they've had, you know, tough times, I guess, with the media and whatnot. So I was like a little I, I don't know if starstruck was the word, but I was just very anxious about talking to those guys because I know they mm-hmm. didn't necessarily want to do the media stuff, you know? Yeah. So that was a little bit hard for me. But, you know, I think the uh, the coolest guy was Dylan Larkin. Like he was really, yeah, Dude, he you was, know, I man. love Dylan Larkin, you know, yeah. I would love that boy in, in red, white and blue. Yeah. So it's funny. Like my roommate actually grew up playing with Larkin, uh, on bell tire in Detroit. So I dropped my roommate's name when I first met him and his, his like initial thing. The first thing Larkin said to me was like, Oh dude, I got to find you later. I owe him a hundred bucks. Can you give it to him for fantasy football? <laughs> it was so funny. Like he was just dude, one of the guys, great. you know, um, that's awesome, bro. Yeah. Proud of you. But I actually told – so I told Philip Forsberg that I had a bet against Nashville to make the playoffs this year, and he had a good chuckle at that. And I was like, Phil, I hope you score 50 goals. I just don't want you guys to make the playoffs. And he was, like, <laughs> having a good time with that. But, um, yeah, no, it was super cool. And, and I saw Truba and Foxy a bit, but I didn't get to do, like, any media stuff with them. Um, they were pretty much in and out. But always good seeing Foxy, obviously. 
but yeah, it was a crazy trip. And, um, you know, I'm sure I'll have some, some more stories about it. Like once the, uh, the videos and stuff come out, but I think is Avery trying to join right now, dude, what is this kid doing? He just texted us. My bad boy has been so busy today. Haven't even looked at my phone besides liking Johnny's tweet. Cause that was hot. Oh, the chicken Caesar wrap. I went to Milano market for lunch. <laughs> All right. So hopefully he hops in here, but Cody, we have a, a loaded fan question episode today. Uh, going into the week of training camp. So happy training camp week to everybody listening and happy new year to all the Jews that are listening. It's Rosh Hashanah. Hope everyone has a nice holiday over the weekend. I'm, I'm headed out quite soon to a little Rosh dinner with the fam. A little Rosh um, din. Um, yeah, dude. Well, my week's been crazy. And, you know, my wife is literally going at Jackie is literally going into labor in two weeks and a day or less. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a wild ride. I can't believe you're going to be a dad. <laughs> Dude, I'm already your dad and definitely that's Avery's what, dad. Well, so that's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, you're such a you know. goofy motherfucker. Like, I can't imagine you with a kid right now. But, like, I know you're going to be the best dad, and I'm super yeah. pumped for you. And, obviously, I know Avery would be saying the same if he was on here. I still don't know what he's doing. But uh, can you yeah. talk about just, like, not – I guess not fear, but, like, you know, it's getting really real for you right now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, hit uh, – you know, I had that, like, realization moment maybe mm-hmm. a month ago. And then I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> like and now just every that. passing like because we're yeah. at the stage where every week you go to ultrasounds uh-huh. so it's just like like crazy but um super pumped and you know he, how's he, jackie doing is she just ready for this thing to come out or, or dude what? she's yeah. ready man back pain hip pain like she's ready but yeah um like the good news is you know in in 20 years the rangers are gonna have a, a first line center to score some top shelf rippers so in 20 years so just like one year of college and then send him off well two years right 18, well he'd be 18 19 20 enter the draft i guess two years yeah Jun- two years you know junior year and then well guys get draft guys enter always enter the draft like junior and senior year they and then they usually go back for a year and the, he, luke hughes just did it what do you mean what are you talking about and am i entering? drunk there's, there's no entering the draft it's it's your draft eligible like at the age of no 18. no no that's what i mean that's it's what not I mean. the nba man no i know i know i mean i mean like he's draft eligible gets drafted yeah you make the choice to either go back yes. to college or go to the nhl team so Correct. i'm saying like you know he'll he'll get drafted and you, know, <laughs> you confuse me with the wording but you are correct. yeah yes but you you know what i mean yeah, I got you. I just have to give you shit. And uh, speaking of giving you shit, should we go into the fan questions? We got a loaded let's, fan question episode. Let's do today. it. Let's do it. So the first one that we have is from Puck Talk CS Podcast. Does Cody still think the Jets have a better chance than the Rangers this season? If you asked me this two weeks ago, sure, maybe. Um, well, we did ask you this two weeks ago. And I didn't I didn't like say yes. I said like mm, possibly. Now, not a shot in hell. I think the Rangers are going to smoke them out, and I'm all I'm I'm completely like hockey. Right now, the two things in my life that are becoming real for me is that I'm going to be a dad in hockey, and Rangers are winning the cup. I'm back on. Let's go. I'm so happy that you put being a dad first because if you put the hockey first, it would have no, been no, 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 no. Okay, so let's go into the next one from Julia Dibus. If this season doesn't end with a cup, where do you think we go from there? Retool, rebuild. That's that's a great question. Um, it, it really is. I th- I think retool is is the move. Um, I I don't even know, you know, how much they can retool because they have the for money. the next four years yeah. they have like nine guys locked up. So those mm-hmm. guys aren't going anywhere. Like eight of them have no move clauses. Um, you know, and and everybody can keep going back and forth to like oh move Barclay. Like there it 
it's not relevant enough to to make a significant change to this team mm-hmm. unless you're moving somebody at like you know the Trocheck Truba type level. Um, you know, so I, I think this is your squad, and I think the Rangers realize that, and they're at the point where they're hoping that a coaching change is what's going to put them over the top, and not uh, you know a drastic change to the team. Well, so speaking of that, her follow-up question was, how do you think the new coaching staff will affect the players? Yeah, I mean, I think it will affect the players. Um, Obviously. <laughs> no, I mean, like positively, I think it'll it, mm-hmm. it'll affect the players. Um, a lot of them seem to have kind of rifts going on with Gallant. And, um, you know, when, when you kind of get the wind sucked out of you in the locker room, like on top of not playing as good as you want to or underperforming in playoffs and things like that. Like it all adds up. So I think this is going to be a nice sign of life for these guys. I think that Drury did an A plus 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 job this off season with like three or $4 million signed, like literally like two impact players and like four solid guys. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, I, I can preach it's all on the two kids, right? But I'm not going to because I think it's just as important at this point that like you need your stars to produce, right? Like especially come playoff time, like we're going to need Mika and Kreider to really produce. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be very, very challenging. But um, so the long answer is like maybe retool, but like it might honestly just roll with what they got and do the same exact thing they did this year, next year with different guys. I would just say there's going to be more accountability. You know, yeah. I think that's really what, was lacking, I think, under Gallant was like, sure, he would shuffle the lines a bit and maybe Kreider would have a period on the third line or Lafreniere would get scratched for one game. But if guys aren't performing, like they're going to fucking know it. And and Laviolette is not one to shy away from getting in a guy's face, but doing it in a respectful way, right? Like he's somewhat of that old school coach that can, you know, I'm sure rattle the players, but he's doing it in a positive way, right? Like he's not trying to bash guys down or ruin their confidence. He's really just trying to have everyone to a certain standard. So like Panarin, if Panarin's not chipping pucks in and moving his feet, like he's going to know about it and he's not going to get away with it. And if Truba is a little bit bad in the back check and turns pucks over in the offensive zone, like he's going to hear about it, even if he's the captain and he's going to know about Mm -hmm. it. So like, I think that's going to be the biggest difference with the coaching staff and how the players are going to be affected. Like it's a no bullshit kind of coaching staff, right? So Galan, I think allowed, more of that to slide and, and didn't really point it out and hold guys accountable where lobby yeah. won't let that slip under the rug. So I think, you know, that's necessarily going to be the difference between this staff and the previous staff is that accountability factor. And that's, you know, what every winning team really needs and really has. So I think that's going to be the biggest difference going forward for this staff, but um, let's go into the next one from cadence sped. Do you want Patrick Kane to be a ranger? And if so, how much money do you think he's worth? And before, um, before you go, I actually did hear, I'm not reporting anything, but I heard that Kane has already made his decision on his team and it probably will come out in the next two weeks. Interesting. Even though he's not back till like possibly November. Yeah. Okay. That's um, just what I've heard. And that's not, I don't want that to be like, you know, so Johnny, did you just say Kane signing with the Rangers? Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's really tough because I, I think he was hurt. Uh, when he played for us and, you know, definitely, he, definitely, he, did, he, he played quite, you know, he, he played fine. Um, it's not up to the Patrick Kane that everybody knows and loves. So I, I think it's definitely deterred a lot of Rangers fans where they're like, it didn't work once. Like, don't give it a shot again. Um, you know, it's, 
I, I think if they can make it work and they can make it work like as soon as he's ready to go so that he can actually get chemistry with this team for three. I don't know if that's months. possible with the money that's available. It'd have to be LTIR or they'd have to LTIR somebody. Right, right. You're right. You're right. I don't think well, it's really but, but if he's ready, November, if he's if he's set to come back November, they have to make it work anyways. Like but that's, I don't think it's that's what they're saying about him though. That he would go on LTIR, sign with somebody, and then November come back. So it's not like he's just he wouldn't be able to play on like. I mean, I I can't imagine the guy's going to stay a healthy scratch on LTIR for for four months. It's it. There's no shot. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they might need to then move things or figure out what they're going to do, or maybe he'll sign a maybe he'll sign a one one year one million dollar deal, like you know something crazy. You never know. You never know. I mean, Blake Wheeler just did it, and I know Blake Wheeler's not Patrick Kane, but like you never know. So it's kind of totally dependent to him on if he wants to ring chase or not. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see him being a ranger at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he'd have some, you know, Tarasenko signed, what, a one-year $5 million deal in Ottawa? Yeah. Like, I yeah. think that is what Kane would more so be looking for. Yeah. So, I, I don't really think the rangers are going to be in his price range. Uh, would I want him to be a ranger? Of course, because I love Patrick Kane, and I will always want Patrick Kane, whether he's a defensive liability or not. Like, I love Patrick Kane as a player. He was my favorite player growing up. Mm-hmm. So I would love for him to be on the Rangers, but I just don't see it being possible. Yeah. Uh, next one from Sean Duville. Prediction for top rookie in the Metro. That's a great question. I really feel like it's only between two guys, and that's Luke it's, Hughes. Don't Adam even Fantilli. say Fantilli, dude. Don't say it, all right? Well, Co- Luke Columbus Hughes, too. Blows. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Columbus fans, relax. Well, um, there's also, so I mean, Columbus fans with you, I feel like right now, all this Columbus stuff going on, we don't need to dive into it, but I, I'm sure you've seen all the Babcock stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure that might affect Fantilli, like yeah. going into the season. So, if so who did you say was Fantilli and Hughes? Luke Hughes, yeah. I'm gonna go with Fantilli. I yeah. mean, I'm gonna go with Fantilli. I think I think he's you know no, no slight to Luke Hughes, but I think Fantilli's probably more talented. And I think his role will be bigger with the team. Like I don't think Luke 100%. Hughes is gonna be getting as much ice time and whatnot. So I'm, I'm saying Fantilli as well. Yeah, uh, Fantilli, I think is a you know easy top candidate for the Calder too prior to the puck drop. You know, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Luke Hughes is literally also a defenseman, so it's like there's that factor too. I mean, I know it, all, it doesn't always matter, but like mm-hmm. unless you're a you know an Adam Fox or a Kale or a Carlson, like usually D guys aren't putting up crazy amounts of points. So yeah. that's just a factor. Too. All right, so this next one from Jackknife82: Which prospect are you more excited for, Brennan Othman or Gabe Perot? And I know exactly what your answer is. Brennan Othman. It's not yeah, even close. It's yeah. not even close. I'm so, so Johnny knows like Othman has been my guy since the moment he's gotten drafted. I like watched him before he got drafted. I think the kid is so talented. I think Gabe Perot was a steal. I think he's going to be a great Ranger. I'm super pumped. And honestly, I don't care who's better. If, if Othman ends up sucking, which would suck. And then Perot is incredible. Fine. So be it. Um, I just want one of the two to turn into a superstar. I think they both have the talent and you know, Othman just, he has one of the nicest shots for like a junior kid I've ever seen. I, I just want him to just dominate, honestly. I think for me right now, it's often just because it feels like it's so much closer to him. And I also rub, rub on you for sure. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think he's also like kind of more of the build that we need, right? Like, yeah, he's like a, a big gritty power yeah. forward that yeah. like we're looking for and lacking where pro is that more of that goals. skilled playmaker yeah. that we're used to watching. Yeah, uh, you know they're both going to be great players. I'm very confident that they'll both work out for the Rangers. But yeah. Othman just feels like he's knocking on the door right now, and Pro probably has two years at BC before he puts on a Ranger uniform. Yep. So I'm definitely going to go with Othman as well there. 
Next one from Bobby Christ one. How long into the season would you give laugh at RW two before moving back to left wing? That's also not a definite thing. There's just reports that Othman and Lafreniere are playing right wing, but training camp hasn't even started yet. It starts next week. So like, or starts this week as you're listening. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if it's even going to last through training camp, to be honest. Right. Like what's your, what's your thoughts? Well, it's funny. So we can actually bring the next question into this. Uh, it's from M crank 10 hearing Othman will be working out at right wing camp preseason. No shot. He makes the team. Right. And then he also said, move Cryer to the right and let the kid laugh. Still trying to figure it out. Play his most natural spot. I think there's no shot in hell. that Cryer moves to the right. He's an NHL veteran. Dude, he scored no a bunch of goals. He's not moving over. No, so if anything, it's going to be laugh. And I don't, I don't necessarily think Laugh will fail playing right wing, but I definitely would like to see him succeed where he's most comfortable. Right? Totally. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the, the predicament the Rangers find themselves in is they're so talented at left wing mm -hmm. that like, you know, to fit Laugh, you know, based on how he has performed to date into the top six, it has to be on the right. But no, or, if you move Kreider down, which we've talked about. Yes. Or if you move Kreider down, but, laugh let's let's face it like since he's been here he's been playing like a third liner he has not had a fair opportunity so it's very hard to assess his talent but you know he he for sure has that top liner skill and you know obviously is a very very high draft pick number one so you know they they want to see him in these top six minutes and i think that's that's the way they're gonna go so well what we talked about most with lafreniere i feel like which we you know talk about him all the time is his consistency right like when he had the opportunities last year, he looked good for like three to five games and then he just kind of disappeared and then looked disinterested in other games where he wasn't getting a lot of minutes. And I think that's his biggest thing coming into this year is he has to find a way to be effective every night. Like that's the difference between him and Kako is that Kako, you know, even if he wasn't getting a lot of ice time with the ice time he was getting, he looked effective. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the difference with him and Lafreniere right now is that Lafreniere needs to find ways if he's not, you know, producing points to be effective. And I think he was mm -hmm. more of that in 21, 22 when he was throwing the body, he was, you know, getting in the mix a little bit more. I'd like to see him play a little bit more pissed off. Like Kako mm -hmm. had that little chip on his shoulder last year. I think laugh needs that a little bit more this year. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool. Okay. So the next one is from Mark Schiraldi. What's all this Jersey hype. We win an overtime game three series is over. We'll make the finals this year. I think he's talking about us. Mark Mark's the man. Uh, we won't make the finals. We'll win the finals and make the finals. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Devils are a very, very talented team. You know, one thing to watch out for them is the Ranger effect, right? They yeah. have all these young kids and they're a prime team for regression or they might not regress and might improve. So they're very much uh, a wild card in that regard, but they're incredibly talented and you know, the, the battle of the Metro between the Rangers and the devils and, you know, the Canes are, I, I think is going to be going on for the next five, six years. hundred mm -hmm. percent. I completely it's, agree. It, it, dude, the pen, the penguins caps, like their time's gone. I mean, their time is gone. It's, dude, it's, I don't know. Like, the penguins time. Is I know, not gone I know, yet. I know, I know, but no, it's, it's, you know, their time is gone. It's our time now. I don't think the penguins time, is gone yet, but I know, I know your time is gone. You got to go to restaurant dinner. So I will let you hop and I will answer the rest myself. If that's okay. All right. Sounds good. Love you all. LFGR, baby. Happy New Year. Have a great dinner. All right, so I'll answer the rest myself since Cody had to go and Avery has not popped in. But this next question is from Chris is neck deep. Do the Rangers keep their outdoor game streak alive in February with the stadium game? They're 4-0 right now for people that don't know the Rangers outdoor record. They played two games at Yankee Stadium, uh, I think back in 2020. 
2012 or 2013, 2014. I forget which year exactly it was, but they won both those games against the Islanders and the Devils. They won the Winter Classic in 2012, and they won the Winter Classic in 2018 against the Buffalo Sabres. I think they'll win the outdoor game against the Islanders, and, and that's just you know me being a biased Ranger fan, I think. I, I don't know if they have an advantage outdoor over the Islanders. Like These outdoor games were you know, five, six years ago. It's not like the Rangers are built to play outdoors. The Islanders are built to play outdoors, but for whatever reason, they've always been confident outdoor, and that's you know, a big Henrik Lundqvist effect. So it's going to be fun to watch both those teams at MetLife Stadium, you know, Igor and Ilya Sorokin going at it. Uh, it'll be a fun game. The tailgate's going to be unbelievable, and I can't wait for that MetLife game. I think it's going to be so sick. So I'm really looking forward to that one. The next question is from John Reese 16 Is it unreasonable to expect Panarin to finally break 100 points this year? I don't think it's unreasonable, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, he's been flirting with that. 100-point plateau mark the last, like, four seasons. Obviously, there was a shortened season for COVID in 2021. But, you know, Panarin's one of those guys that's been able to produce during the regular season basically at will or at ease. Uh, but I think Laviolette might have him play a little bit more tight. So I, I actually predicted Panarin to have 88 points this season. Um, I think he'll produce a little bit less, but he'll round out his game a little bit more. So, you know, can Panarin get to 100 points? I, I, I would never say no, but I think under Laviolette, and with the scrutiny that Panarin has faced over his postseason play the last couple of years, I really feel like Laviolette's going to try to do his best to prepare Panarin for the playoffs and really teach him just how to round out his overall five and five game. And then obviously Panarin can still produce in the power play, but I'm saying 88 points for Panarin. Uh, I won't say it's far fetched to say hundred points, but for me, I think he's going to score around 85 to 90. So it's a no for me, but I, I can't speak for Cody and Avery on that one. The next question is from, Sirion JL point prediction for Wheeler. So we actually did a prediction last week talking about Blake Wheeler. I said Wheeler is going to have 63 points. Avery said 50 and Cody said 51. It all depends on where Wheeler plays in the lineup right now. I think he slotted in at the second line right wing position, which makes total sense. And that's obviously on the daily faceoff, which is projecting the lineup thus far for this year. I still don't know where Wheeler fits best in this lineup right now. I mean, I think it makes most sense you know, for him to be slotted in with Panarin, Trocek on that second line, just how this roster stands currently. But for me, I think 63 points for Wheeler is, is accurate just because of what Wheeler brings. He's a net front guy. You know, he can score in the power play. I think he'll fill that fifth power play position. I think they'll move Trocek to the second unit. But, you know, Wheeler is a guy who's put up back-to-back 90-point seasons in his career not too long ago, three or four seasons ago. And I think he'll benefit more from playing with better players. So for me, I think Wheeler is a 60-plus point guy. Um, you know, obviously I think speed is something that is going to be watched closely for him because he's gotten a little bit older here at 37 years old, but I think Blake Wheeler, you know, minimum 50, but could be in that 60, 65 range. And then the last question is from Pete Maloney player who you think is going to shine the brightest this season. And that's a great question because, you know, I feel like a lot of the talk is always Igor Shesterkin, Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad. But for me, it's going to be Capo Caco. Uh, Caco last year, you know, only put up 40 points. And I think he'll have all the opportunity in the world under Peter Laviolette. I think he's going to get some looks on the first power play unit. Uh, maybe not right away, but throughout the season. And hopefully he's playing with Mika Zibanejad the entire year in that first line right wing spot. So I, I think Caco really has the chance out of everyone just to have that. Oh, my God, like this kid's sick year because he's the one that we've kind of been teetering with and questioning about the last couple of years. Whereas 
We know what we have with Nico. We know what we have with Kreider. We know what we have with Panera. We know what we have with Fox. And we know what we have with Igor. So Kako, I think, is that next guy where it's or the first guy where it's like, what can this kid really be? We've seen Heedle have some good stretches. Lafreniere is another one, but I think Kako has that advantage over Lafreniere just because of what he's shown more consistently. So for me, the the player that can shine brightest this year is Capo Kako. And, you know, obviously, if you look at the back end, I could say Keandre Miller, who doubled his point total last season from the year before. But Kako putting up 40 points last year, I think this year he can put up a 60, which I, you know, boldly predicted a couple months ago. And I will stand by that the entire season. So I'm, I'm saying Capo Kako is a 60 point player, 60 plus point player this year. So that's my answer. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for the fan questions this week. I know it's kind of a shorter episode this week, but we're going to have a guest coming on next week. And then we're into the full swing with training camp going on. So I think I'll be at some days for training camp, not all days trying to figure out the schedule for the next couple of weeks here, but we'll have a lot more to talk about as training camp gets underway and as the preseason gets underway. So everything is about to start off now. So it's going to be a really exciting time. Hockey's in full swing. Hope everyone had a great weekend, had a great holiday uh, for all the Jews that are listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.